Welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Listen in as we discuss all things business, growth, and marketing with business owners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. And now, here's your host, founder of Roundhouse, the creative agency, Saul Edmonds. Oh, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Grow Your Business podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Tony Perkins from People Smarts around the topic, how people drive results in business. Tony, how are you today? Hey, mate. How are you? Good. How's things? Oh, pretty good. It's uh, Monday morning here, and uh, like every Monday morning, we are basically keeping up with the game. <laughs> the, uh, the game of people and the game, the game of, of people. The game uh, of people. There is one. There is one group of people. That, there is one group that you can always guarantee they're always going to throw a spanner in the works, and that's people. Not not Game of Thrones. Game of people. Yeah, the game of people. Exactly. <laughs> um, before we start with the the bulk of the conversation, I'll just get for people who don't who don't know you and don't know People Smarts. Could you just um, give everyone a bit of an overview of yourself, People Smarts, the sort of services you offer, or whatever sort of overview you'd like, you'd like to provide, please. Yeah, no worries. Uh, People Smarts, we're a HR consultancy firm. We're based here in Brisbane. I've uh, been around now for about 11, 12 years. Uh, basically, our, the name of our game is to start uh, working with small and medium-sized businesses to help them build the capability of their people. So we're looking to actually build their leadership skills, their, their, their ability to manage their business and get the most they can out of the people that are there. My background itself is I spent many years in the Navy, came out of the Navy after working with them in leadership and communications roles, and then uh, started in various uh, industries and businesses, uh, leading to some general management roles uh, in aviation and so on. So basically, I started uh, PeopleSmarts after that, and the sole aim of PeopleSmarts is to build capability or help them drive results, help people drive results. And, and was that, like when you actually came out of the Navy and you had all those other roles in business, did you have, um, uh, what was, I suppose, like the driving force to create a business like People Smarts? Was it, you know, from that, that core thing of sort of being able to, of, of having experience in other business and I guess having a different perspective when you came into HR? Because I know like some people, they, they just go straight. They haven't... Um, had depending on their their age and what they've done, they might just go straight into HR. But having a different level of experience, did you find that that informed why you got into people smarts? That's quite an interesting question because if I if I think back eleven or twelve years when I was first starting to put people smarts together as a, as a business concept, um, I was actually looking for a point of difference. I had a set of skills which talked about uh, training, developing people, uh, building organisations, uh, looking at the different ways that they're managed and put together. Um, but the majority of HR companies out there focus on compliance. They focus on reliance. They focus on their ability to get into businesses and become part of that business. And really what I tried to focus on is actually building the capability of these businesses to actually really drive their own results and actually get them to a point where they actually didn't really need us from a HR point of view. They could do it themselves. But when they needed help, we were there to help them. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it gets back to the power of 
um, of the third party too, doesn't it? You know, you can always, there's a lot of things I'm, I'm, I'd be no different with certain things. If you're talking about, I suppose an obvious one is, is using a business coach or like a mentor in your business. But we're talking about what you do when you, you have employees or there's a whole range of different things that you kind of might be across, like, you know, because you end up having a lot of hats wearing a lot of hats in your business and you go, yeah, I get this, I get this, but you um, like the power that comes, or I suppose maybe not the power, but the realizations and um, from having somebody else come into your business, who's got a completely different perspective. It still always amazes me as to how powerful that simple thing can actually be. Well, well the, the simple thing is that when we actually look at leadership in business, a lot of the times leadership in business is about creating a vision, creating a picture, creating an idea about where, some, where your business is going and where your organisation is going and then bringing those people along with you. Now, in order to actually create a vision and create a picture, you need to be listening to as wide a group of people as possible. So you need to be talking to the coaches. You need to be talking to other business owners. You need to be talking to people to actually get the different ideas that you can gather together to actually drive your business forward. So that third party, that, that person, that mentor, that coach, that uh, person you meet in, uh, in a networking uh, activity or something like that, who can actually just give you that little nugget that you can actually use to drive your business forward, it's essential. It's one of those things. Cutting yourself off, off from those things is one of the worst things you can do if you're a business owner. Okay, so this might be really obvious to people listening and, um, and it probably is to me too, but I think it's, it's good to, for you, know, you to um, say it to people listening. Like your, your slogan is people drive results and that's you know, part of the, the reason then for having this particular topic. But can you just kind of in, in, in your words explain what, what that actually means when you're working with a business owner and um, that, that sort of core philosophy, I suppose you would say, what does that actually mean to you in, in terms of what you do for people? Yeah, look, it's a core philosophy. It's probably a little bit of a mantra as well. We sort of try to actually impart it into most of the things that we do. And the, the basic thing here is that regardless of what the business is, regardless of whether it's one person or it's a thousand people, the business is driven by the activities that, peop that people undertake. And even when we start looking at the different um, ways of marketing and stuff like that, there is always a connection that has to be had between one individual and another individual. Um, and that is the biggest driver of how a business actually evolves. Um, and whether that connection is within a team, so it's the, the, the organisation or the business's team, or whether that's with its clients or, its, or even its competitors at times, we still end up with a connection and it's those people that are driving things forward. The, the systems, the processes and all that sort of thing, they're the tools that people use. It's the people who are using them who are driving things forward. So if we stop and we look at this and bring it back to leadership, um, and we look at the, the business owner or the, or the business managers, their job is to, act, one of their jobs, one of their major jobs is to actually create a vision and a picture about where the business is going and bring the people along with them so that they can actually help them drive the results. Is, 
is it true too? Because I mean, there's a lot of different, um, you know, perspectives, I suppose, for on, on leadership, but I suppose one of the core things that I would imagine most people would kind of agree with that, that, um, I would think would be, um, you know, part of, I guess, what, what, um, you, you see or what is sort of engendered by different processes that you implement is that idea of, um, like a, a good leader bringing out like the, um, the best also the right qualities within people in, in order for them to, I suppose, like realize their own potential as opposed to, um, you know, telling people what to do. There's obviously like a part of that where people have to, mm. you know, have to guide, but I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's a, that's a, you know, a, a, um, like how, how important is that in, and what you do, and I suppose in in business as well. Okay, so you're talking about the the ability to get the best you can out of people. I take mm. it. Yeah, look, it's extremely important when you when you think about it. Where there's uh, research that is around by uh, by Gallup, uh, which actually tells us that 85 percent of any of employees in any organisation are not engaged in the organisation. So they're not engaged in their work. They're coming to work and they're going through the routine and the process and going and moving forward. Uh, but they're moving forward just by the, just through habit, from want of a better word. Um, in order to actually take that next step, you need to actually motivate people and actually bring them along with you. So the ability to actually develop those people uh, in terms of their motivation, develop their, their need and their understanding of why you're there and what you're doing is extremely important. And what that comes down to is it comes down to a leader's uh, ability to influence and a leader's ability to communicate. So the, the ability to communicate where a business is going, what the outcome is, what the purpose of an activity is, for example, and get people involved in that is a prime, um, a prime tool that a leader has and keep on moving with. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose there's that... Um the side effect of that too is where people are taking some level of ownership over their role within the business too, isn't there? Like about, you know, what they, what they're doing because everyone likes to feel like whatever you're doing that um, whatever the task is or whatever the job is that you're, you know, you're responsible for it, you're doing a good job. But, you know, I don't, I don't know too many people who have, that feeling engendered in them within like the workplace, if they're told what to do and they don't have any, or they don't feel like they've got any control over that. Hmm. And look, a lot of the times when we're, when we're dealing with people, people are motivated by different things. We need to remember mm. but nothing motivates more than progress. Um, so if they can actually see progress towards a goal or towards uh, something that uh, is important, whether it be it to them or to the or to the team, uh, they will actually get involved and start getting connected with it. So when we start thinking about it, and once again, I come back to that role of leadership in regards to driving people uh, to results. Um, it is all about that ability to actually create the picture, the vision of where, why, where they're going, and why they're doing something. Now you could call it the purpose. Um, Call it the why. There are different language around there depending on which 
uh, uh, vision and, and leadership yeah. guru you listen to. Uh, but basically, it's all about creating that picture and that vision. And if you can actually get people to actually engage in that vision and that picture, you're halfway towards having a successful business with people. Yeah, it's really almost like a core. I, I would almost go, I mean, so far as to say, like it's a, you know, it's kind of a core human sort of trait. I mean, like you said, like people are motivated by different things, but you see those same ideas in in sport then too. Like it's, you know, that constant theme crops up all the time, which we're talking about there too, of visualizing things, of having like a, you know, a common goal or you're having, you know, having something to work towards, you know, adds, um, adds value, um, I suppose, which in turn, like with the whole topic of what we're talking about of, you know, things as a whole, but then people as a whole in a business, but also individually is like that value adds up, doesn't it? Like it's adds up at their own level and then it adds up ultimately, Unlike the natural evolution of that is that it adds up to value for the business too. And look, one of the things is that uh, we often try and create different personas for ourselves in a business, particularly business owners and, and, uh, and managers. They create this different, and a lot of the times, a lot of the skills they use in their personal lives with their friends, their families, and, and so on, are the sort of skills they need to actually connect and really make use of in the workplace. Mm. By that, I'm talking about their ability to actually uh, talk to people in a, in a one-to-one fashion, how they actually structure their conversations to make sure that they're actually moving things along. I think we all know that in our, that with our friends and our, our family and stuff like that, we know that there are certain triggers that, you know, for want of a better description, piss them off. Yeah. Um, we can actually start understanding those skills in our uh, in our uh, in our team members and understanding what it is that actually triggers them to get not only what it triggers them in a negative way but also in a positive way, we can actually then start really tailoring the way we actually be, respond to in different conversations to actually get the best we can out of them. It's actually yes. quite amazing. I and mean, you, your analogy of uh, sports to business is actually really good in that respect because if you actually have a look at it, what we're trying to do is actually get everyone moving in the same direction. And, you know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, all, you know, there's all sorts of terminology for that as well, getting everyone on the bus, leading them all in the same direction and so on. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I've always, there was like some, uh, I'm sure this is probably someone like Confucius and I'm ashamed that I don't know who actually said this quote. <laughs> I'm probably going to... I'm the misquoted too, but the general theme um, being, so I remember when um, I, I was taught, I, I was, I was uh, told that I was going to be a in, instructor in sort of martial arts. And my head instructor was sort of talking about um, the three different, you know, sorts of instructors, you know, introducing you to the idea of, you know, how to be, um, a good instructor and what happens and, and what is, what is good and what's not good. And this particular idea always kind of stuck with me as, as a really, really powerful, but simple idea, which was that like a, a really good instructor, um, won't be, uh, telling people what to do and kind of expecting them to do it is that they will like show them the door, you know, and, but 
the students will still have to walk through it, but they give them the, they kind of empower them to, um, to be able to walk through the door. You know, they don't, they don't tell them, you know, you got to walk through the door. They, you know, tell them like, you know, how they should walk through the door, but ultimately they still have to do it, but they kind of empower them. And I thought that was a really great, you know, kind of life idea too, because you ultimately just have to do things like all the, it's, it's really important having plans and strategy, but it's always the doing of something that I've, I've always found is really, and, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's a very important thing in sport. And I've always, I've always really liked that. That's always something personally that kind of excites me is the, of having to do things in real time and perform well, you know, it's kind of, which is always the case in sport. And um, I guess to some extent that's, that's, you know, true in business too, because it's all in, for the most part in, in real time. Yeah. And look in sport in real time, we, we do see things happening, but if you actually look at, at the way sport and sports psychology and so on is actually really structured, it's all about developing that idea of progress. All right. You listen to the swimmers and, and all that sort of thing. They talk about personal best. They talk about incremental changes. They talk about the way they actually move things along, move things along to progress to their ultimate goal, um, whether it be an Olympic gold medal or whether it be something else. They're always progressing and actually moving their way along. And their coaches and their uh, trainers and so on, the coaches and trainers' job is to actually help them set their goals and their targets. And then help them progress along their along their you know their sub goals for want of a better description to get to that ultimate goal. And when we stop and we look at it, a business owner needs to create that vision as well, and then and then help his team drive or his business his or her business drive to that to that point. Um, it's no good managing him to that point, okay? Because management is all about managing. All right, leadership is about influencing and communicating. Hmm. Leadership is all about vision. It's, distant, it's, it's something in the future, where we're going, what we're doing, what we're here for. So they can do, and in order so they can play the game of people well and with, That's exactly and with, right. and with That's good, exactly. uh, good virtue perhaps at the same time. Well, one of the things that you always have to think about when you're, actually, when you're dealing with people is how you want it to be presented. Now, if you yeah. want to presented as an absolute arsehole. I don't suggest anyone puts the <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. Um, Good idea. If you want to be presented like that, you know, then you act in a certain way, don't you? Uh, but if you wanted to be seen as professional, if you want to be seen as a leader, if you want to be seen a, a, as a good business owner, if you wanted to be seen as someone who is setting the tone for a business, then you're going to behave in a certain way. And usually the easiest way to do that is in line with your own values and um, and your own norms, your own yeah, norms. yeah, and that leads back to like everything you know. That there's core once again, not a specifically business traits or sports traits, but everyone recognizes that you know respect and and trust are important. You know, are important things to. to um, to have and and to have like for like others that's just like a pretty you know that's pretty widely accepted thing maybe not for some people maybe some people don't really care um, which uh, we all know that but say on the um, like for what 
what you guys do when you go um, and begin the process of working with a business, how often do you come across the idea of um, reactive versus proactive? Because I suppose like this is just my, um, I guess, reasonably lay person's point of view of how um, some businesses, I guess, use HR or they, you know, it's, it's, it might like often be, um, and you can, I mean, let me know whether this is right or wrong or, or sort of somewhere in between it's the, whether people use it often when they're being reactive to a, a situation as opposed to being sort of proactive to be ahead of things and making sure they're across things that they should know. Mm. Um, you raise a really interesting point. A lot of the times when we first hear from people uh, in our business, it's, it's a reactive situation. Um, unfortunately, in Australia, we have a compliance system revolving around the workplace, uh, which could be described as fairly well complicated. And not many people actually understand it. Not many people actually understand it. And we end up with a we end up with a, a thought process which is nearly always reactive when something goes wrong. Um, one of the things is we, we one of the conversations we start having with people after we get past the initial problem is actually starting to see compliance in a different way. Now, when you actually start restricting something, you end up restrict you end up stopping growth, and a business needs to grow. Okay. Now, one of the things about compliance in Australia is we see it as a limit. We see it as something that limits our behaviours and so on. The funny part about it is that, that though it is a complicated system, compliance, rules, regulations, legislation, and all this sort of thing, they are all the flaw. They're the minimum expectations that, that society has, has as an expectation of us as an employer. And what that means is that everything above the floor is available to us. So what that means from a point of view of growth in our business is if we start restricting ourselves by looking at compliance as the limiter, we actually stop the conversation about how we can actually use people really, really appropriately to actually grow our business. Hmm. And here I'm not talking about compliance not being important. It's extremely important. You don't go below the floor, okay? You go below the floor, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get kicked somewhere. Okay, um, you're going to end up, if you're not kicked uh, by, you know, organisations like Fair Work or, um, you know, your, your um, work safe organisations, you're going to get kicked by your employees because they'll know that you're, you're not doing something right in terms of with, with, with compliance and legislation. But if you can actually find ways to actually work above the, the floor and actually work with people, you're going to actually start creating the environment where you, can actually, where you can actually get the most out of them that you can. So if we look at things like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and stuff like that, compliance is the, is the, is the base. It's the security type stuff. It's the stuff that give, they're the minimums that you need. So the more we can actually build on it, the, the better, the more we can build on it and create better environments for people to work in above the compliance the more, the better it's going to be for your business. So the real answer to your question here is that a lot of the work we do, particularly around compliance, and I'll tell you right now, we're people smarts are excellent at compliance because we've been doing it now for so long it's not funny. 
know that it's a, to some people, it can be the most confusing thing in the world. Our job is to actually describe to people in a way that they understand it and they learn from it and they actually get to understand how they could address something next time to make it, make it better. But if we can get past that reactive point and actually start talking about how they can really build their, their business through people without compliance being a restrictor, it's a huge driver of business. Would you say too, because the, uh, the whole whole point of of I mean, something you brought up about you know people um, you know having a certain perception of compliance in my mind, what that would only like in in reality really apply where people know what they're um, not being compliant on. But I would imagine most of the time people not being compliant. And once again, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is just a, this is just a assumption that I'm making. I would imagine most of the time people not being compliant comes from ignorance about what they are um, not being compliant about. Not that they know what they're compliant about and then they're just not doing it or they sort of have a general idea, like which is, which is more, more common in your experience. Uh, what's more common in my experience, and I would, I'd be reluctant to words the, use the word ignorance. <laughs> most, most business owners know that... Or unaware, or unaware. Yeah, look, <laughs> often when we're having conversations about compliance, the, the logic of, say, a court decision or the way an award's written or something like that often doesn't quite equate to the logic of the business owners. All right. There might be different terminology. There might be terminology used, which means one thing to the award uh, in, in the compliance system, but another thing in the to the business owner. The word flexibility is a perfect example of that, and I won't go into that right now. But um, we we sort of we sort of look at it. It, it. it doesn't necessarily come down to ignorance. It comes down to the way things are perceived, and what we have is a complicated system, which can be viewed in a lot of different ways. It can be ambiguous. And what that ends up meaning is that people end up trying to work things out. They'll read an award and they'll interpret yeah. it and they'll look at it one way. Um, and it may not be exactly the way that they should be interpreting it because there might be other documents or other bits or something else in that award or something like that which is actually changes the way they would actually view that. So a lot of the times when we're talking about this is it's not ignorance. It's that we have a complicated system. And the complicated system leaves them in a position where they actually take, behave in a way which they believe is the right way to behave, but they mm. find in the long run that they've actually done something wrong. So kind of willful, ambiguous ignorance. Willful, ambiguous <laughs> ignorance. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I'll have to think that one through before you get that's, to that's a really silly. That's a really silly way to say it, but that's my... Yeah, that's my I, don't know whether it's, I don't know whether it's willful. They make a willful <laughs> Well, willful in the sense that they've made a decision. Yeah, you know, it's like anything. You're completely right. Like it's it's all. I I think like most things in in general. Once again, broad brush to paint here, but I think it's pretty true. Like about perception, that it, everything is perception. Like even even when things are seemingly like how could it, how could anyone perceive something in another way? It's so obvious. There's always, there's always like the guy or the girl next to you 
It's like, I don't see it like that. I see it like this. Like, how could you? How could you? It's so obvious. So therefore it's all, it's all, it's all perception. It's like when uh, those um, visual um, tricks that you see floating around quite often on, on sort of social media where they show a pair of dolphins and there's a picture and they sort of say, what do you see? And, and the thing is like, there's uh, they say like generally kids will see a bunch of dolphins swimming. Adults will see like, you know, some people um, sort of making love, but it's the same image, but it's, yeah. it's done in it's it perception based on, you know, kind of experience, knowledge, you know, um, mm. cultural upbringing, um, like what have Look, you. We see perception at work all the time, okay? In businesses, we see it in our personal lives. We see how people actually create a picture in their own mind about a particular situation and how things are happening. And that happens all the time in business as well. And this is why one of the things that a good leader can really do is actually create the picture. Start creating the picture, talking the picture, speaking the talking, walking the talk, for example, and actually just keeping the the perception under control. Times when we we do a lot of work, uh, what I call unofficially firefighting, where business owners are actually having problems or managers are having problems within their businesses with particular employees and stuff like that. A lot of the times when we actually stop and we really bury down into the root cause of these problems, we find it is all about expectations. So someone's expectation is not being met. Okay, and it comes from both sides of the fence. Mm be the employees' uh, expectations, be the employer's expectations. It's someone's expectations are not being met. Um, and it really does come down to that way that they look at a situation. It would simply be that, uh, you know, I had a picture of this job when I started it that I was going to be doing this within 12 months' time and I haven't, I'm not doing that, uh, you know, but it may not have been the perception that the business owner had or so on. So we end up with this whole situation of talking about quite simply, how we actually frame the communication and the expectations. Uh, and this, the conversations just come back a circle to where I was earlier, where I was talking about the leader's role being to create the vision and the picture. Mm. Uh, and once again, it's all about that community. In this occasion, the case, it's all about that communication of expectations, all right? Um, managing that perception. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's the case, like those same things happen then in um, business and client and relationships too, or well, or even in personal relationships, there's, there's sort of expectations, there's perceptions, there's miscommunication, like is those, those, you know, human, human sort of things that come into the, in, into play, whatever it is. And with, I guess with that in mind too, like where do you, um, like in the current, uh, landscape like where we are now in 2020 and I suppose like it's it's probably even more relevant now with everything happening um in the world with COVID too like where do you see um the importance of addressing mental health sort of issues in the workplace like especially like just in in general that's a part of you know of some of what you guys do at um at at people smarts and you can sort of elaborate on this, but especially given the fact that people are in many respects in many businesses, they're becoming, they've, they've been sort of forced into 
more isolated environments. Yeah. Look, the, the, the interesting part about it is our conversation at People Smarts about mental health uh, started uh, officially probably about two years ago. Um, when we actually looked into it, we've probably been talking, dealing with mental health in the workplace now for many, many years. Um, and, the, and the simple fact of the matter is that as life, or sorry, as our workplaces progress, as our legislation progresses, as our community progresses, more and more and more we're starting to see mental health issues starting to become, starting to affect the workplace. Um, now, we can go back and we talk about a lot of history on this one. We can talk about the move to mobile phones and the fact that now uh, we're not able to come in, compartmentalise our work and our home life and stuff like that because it's sitting in our pocket somewhere is our emails and our telephone calls and all this sort of thing. And that means everything is becoming very blurred. So it's actually became, it started becoming very obvious to us uh, several years ago that um, a lot of the times when managers and business owners were dealing with issues in the workplace, that there was an element of mental health in there. And it became really important to start looking at the different ways uh, managers and um, leaders could actually uh, deal with mental health issues in the workplace. So we started looking around and started looking at the, the, the things. And about uh, 12 months ago now, a little bit over 12 months ago, we hosted our first mental health first aid course, which is a program which is actually run through Mental Health First Aid Australia. Um, it is a course that's been around about 20 odd years. Um, and the take up we've had on that with managers and the feedback we're getting from, from workplaces is absolutely incredible. Because it's giving business owners, it's giving managers, it's giving leaders that extra set of skills to, actually, to, to deal with these things as they arise. And in actually dealing with it, they're, they're, they ha then have the ability to actually, once again, influence behaviours and actually get things moving in the workplace. They can influence people to get some help if they need to. They can do all the bits and pieces and the, the more they're able to actually identify with these things and keep things moving, they're able to and, and, and assist people to get some help, the more they are able to actually be effective in the workplace. You mentioned COVID-19. COVID-19 is, is actually having a, 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 a really large impact on people. Um, we saw it, it's, a, it's a matter of consistent change and people are naturally resistant to change, okay? Now, we're starting to see here talk about it becoming the new norm and, and all this sort of thing. The, the one norm that we have, and we're learning that with the situation in Victoria and stuff like that at the moment, is that we're under a period of constant change. Okay. So business owners, uh, managers, leaders need to be aware of how things are progressing with their people. Mm. Um, we know that it, even if we just talk about it from the health of the business, a business is not going to be healthy if the people in the organisation aren't healthy, whether it's mentally or physically. Mm. Um, if they're having issues in, in the workplace, if they're having problems at home, if they're having uh, mental health problems or anything like that, they are going to have an effect in the workplace. So the more we can actually keep on top of these things and manage these things, and I'm not talking about we become persuade, uh, we become invasive people and start you know, managing people's home lives or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is the ability to actually just pick up that something might not be right and asking the right questions is a really important tool. Yeah, I think actually because I'll, I'll just sort of um, say to everyone, I, I actually did that that particular course with you guys and it's a fantastic course and 
apart from apart from all the detail within the course, I was actually reflecting on that course the other day, and um, you know, I, there's a certain amount of retention from things from the course, but I think one of sort of the primary things that when I was reflecting on it, I kind of got out of it was it was just something really simple was it's like when you study something or you're thinking about a particular topic it makes you focus on certain things and the thing that it made me focus on automatically even though all the different scenarios were you know about hypothetical people and um uh in or to explain parts of the course, but it made me reflect straight away on people that I know. Like, and, and so I thought, I wonder, I wonder if also apart from all the important detail within the course, if also just the simple fact of, of, you know, doing that, if it, if, if, if it had that kind of effect on me, if people are doing it, if just the simple fact of, thinking about those particular subjects, how much of an impact that would actually have if you're an employer um, or, you know, an employee just to be more aware or, you know, just to, just to notice things in just that slightly different way. Therefore, you know, if, if you're a compassionate person in the first place and then you're just, you know, people are busy and, and things, and it's easy to gloss over. It's easy to, you know, to look past things. It's not because you're not a nice person. You're just not focused on that, but doing something like that, that was my kind of, um, my experience, you know, during, and then soon after, and then reflecting on it again, it was like, that's what it made me focus on. It was like mm. the people that I know, um, like friends and family, and I was going, hmm, it just like, it just sort of triggered a few things that I would otherwise not have. I suppose it just gave me a different perspective, which I thought was incredibly useful, like as an employer, but also just probably more than that, just as, as a person, you know. Mm. You, you, raise a, you raise a really interesting point. And before I get onto that point, we get people uh, all the time who go and do the course and then immediately go and, and address the situation which they've, they've realised was there but probably didn't click that it was there or that they didn't know how to react. Um, and it's important. But you raise a really good point and that's awareness. Um, and awareness is, an, is, a, is a conversation we can have about many topics. Mm. And simply being aware of something that may be happening, whether it's in your workplace or in your personal life or whatever. Simply being aware is the first step in actually taking a step to actually do something about it. Um, and really, the more we can actually learn and develop and create that self-awareness, the more we're going to be able to actually become more effective leaders. Now, we're talking about this in the context of mental health, okay? Um, extremely helpful in terms of identifying someone who may be having a problem, who may need assistance, and how we can actually assist them to get assistance. You know, just that simple question of are you okay is, is one of those things. But knowing when to ask it is important. Um, mm. so we start thinking about the, the, the term awareness and self-awareness, we start identifying one of the really big learning tools that we have as, as human beings. Yeah. Um, to actually self-reflect 
and actually look at what we're doing and how we're doing it and how we can make a change. Well, I think it probably... Most important things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like when you... Because we're all, you know, in 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 uh, in our own ways, we're all insular. We've got our own, our, own, our thoughts, perceptions. And even if we're the most, um, you know, giving or thoughtful sort of people, you're still always reflecting and you're being self-aware about a range of different things and having, you know, just having that, that little, I guess, uh, almost a nudge over to look at something else in a slightly different way can often be the trigger. I mean, you could, you know, it's kind of linked then to mindfulness too, I suppose, when you're focusing on, you know, on, uh, like we were saying before, like when you look at somebody on, on Zoom and you're talking to them on Zoom, you're focusing, your focus is just purely on this screen and you don't have any other distractions. But then when you're in person, there's, there's a whole range of other things happening like we were talking about, your body language, smell, other noises, cars, other people, you know, all these different things that sort of affect that, that you know, just having that, um, focus like with, and just as say, as we're getting towards, um, sort of wrapping up, I'll just ask one more question, Tony too, which is, is linked to, um, I suppose like what's happening now with more people working from home. Have you seen any, um, I guess, you know, trend or, or shift in, those sorts of issues or other particular, you know, HR workplace unrelated issues cropping up as a result of people working from, from home more, like all of a sudden en masse? Um, that's a really good question. I'm going to answer this by saying that we've been writing, or I've been writing blog articles now for many years on working from home. Mm. And one of the big problems that a business owner or a leaders of had about people working from home has been the element of control and communications. Do I know someone's doing something? Do I know that this is being done? How do I know this is being done? Um, and so on. And now, early on in the stage when we went in, uh, when all this started blowing up back in February and March and people started working from home, there was a real focus on keeping things moving, keeping things going, keeping our jobs in place, doing all this sort of thing. And people were focused and shaped in what they were doing, all right? So we saw very little problems in terms of people moving, working from home and stuff like that. They adjusted, they acknowledged that this had to happen because bang, 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 bang. And we knew mm. that was the case. Um, what we're now starting to see come out are, they, are they those old problems. The problems that were there 10 years ago, five years ago, when we really started talking about the advancements in technology and how they, people can work from home, telecommuting, it was called about five years ago or 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, we're seeing those, those same things now, those same conversations now starting to come out. Is it as effective? Does it take as long to get things done? How do we communicate? How do we keep contact with the workplace? All right. How do we keep communicating? Uh, and so on. So we're actually starting to see those little issues starting to come out now. Now, I think we've learned a lot from from this situation with working from home and stuff like that. And we've done some really good things in redeveloping businesses and revamping businesses and looking at the way businesses work. And I think we're, there's some really valuable lessons to be learned, but it's amazing how the circle comes around 
and we start getting back to some of the issues that we didn't address previously. And that was how we actually control, communicate, and actually create the, the, the whole idea of staying on track and, and achieving the purpose. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think there's um, uh, just, just uh, now, I think, um, would you like to give everyone a relevant quote or something that you would like that's, you know, sort of around what we've been talking about or that you just purely, purely like, Tony? Yeah, look, interestingly enough, uh, I, I, you mentioned to the, this to me earlier. I actually attended a presentation on last Friday um, and uh, the gentleman who was giving the presentation gave us a quote from a lady by the name of uh, Hakuri Murakami, which I thought was a, a brilliant quote given the situation we're in at the moment and how things are moving. And the quote was, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person that walked in. That's what the storm's all about. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. That's what storms do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that. That's the. That's that's great. I love that. Yeah, that's it. But but it's so. It's also has that element of well, of course, it's a storm. Yeah. 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 That's What's exactly a good right? Yeah. And we need to remember about storms is they do go away. Yeah. And one of the things we need to start doing is actually creating the picture for what happens when the storm is over. Well, they start small and they go big, and then they end small, and then that's they disappear. Right. That's fantastic. That is a great a great way to um, to finish the podcast, Tony. I will also uh, just um, get you to let everyone know uh, how best for people to get in contact with you, or how they can learn more. Also about People Smarts. Where do they go online, or how they get in contact? Okay, a couple of different ways. You can go to our uh, to our. Um website, which is www.peoplesmarts.com.au. That's people, smart, with a Z on the end and all one Smarts. word. Yep. Or you can go to our Facebook page. And we've got two Facebook pages. We've got our uh, f- Facebook page uh, for the for People Smarts. Uh, and the other one, and if you look up People Smarts, one word again, with a Z on the end, you'll find it. We also have Smarts Mental, People Smarts Mental Health as well which actually is about our mental health courses and we actually post a lot of stuff on there about uh, mental health and so on. And finally, if you do need to get in contact with us, uh, we have our 1-800 number. That's 1-800-HR-SMARTS. So 1-800-HR-SMARTZ. Fantastic. Thank right. you, Jay. Thanks so much again for, uh, for being on the podcast. It's always, always a pleasure as, as usual. Um, and so with that in mind, that's actually it for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening into our podcast yet again. Before we go, please leave your feedback as well as any suggestions for topics you would like us to discuss in future episodes. Thanks again for listening to the Grey Business Podcast and we'll see you again soon. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Grow Your Business. Have a great day and we'll see you next time here at the Grow Your Business Podcast.